Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Matt Royce, our master of everything, master of ceremonies, taking your calls, 860-522-9842. Let me give the second third of the amen list. I'm a little behind timing-wise today. Sharik, Alex D., Daniel F., Greg P. from Florida. Joe just drove down there. Chris P., Mary M., Chris P., Mary M., Carol uh, H., Peter Val, J.W., Monica M., M.W., Jill G., Terrence B., Judy P., also in Florida. I'm guessing you might be with Greg. I don't know. Uh, Zeke H., Christina I., Perry R., Irene R., Thor S., and Rose P. Uh, I'm sorry, Rose B. Rose B. All right. uh, All things Connecticut. That's what we do on Tuesday at this time of the day, and we have with us uh, weekly. We're happy to have uh, Chris Powell. He writes uh, columnist for the Journal Inquirer, some other state papers as well. And, of course, he was the former managing editor of the uh, the J.I. And uh, and so we're, we're very glad to have Chris uh, back. Chris, good morning. Hey, Will. Great to be with you. So you've got all kinds of – we're just – it's amazing how many things are going on in the world. I mean, a lot of things are being kind of clouded over by uh the passing of of queen elizabeth and the and the daily it seems like vigils services announcements i mean and and i don't have a problem with any of it i i i'm not complaining about it i i kind of like the whole queen thing i think it's kind of cool but you know there's some really serious things going on in the world and it it's almost impossible to to get uh to get a hearing because you know the the queen's taking up so much bandwidth i mean what, what do you think? Is that, a, is that a good thing? I mean, either way, is it a good thing or a bad thing? What do you think? Well, she was queen for 70 years uh, and, uh, you know, deserves a, a certain amount of uh, attention. Uh, uh, on, on, on the other hand, uh, most of that monarchy stuff over in the U.K. is uh, it, it, it's, it's really distraction. It's tourism. Uh, uh, I once saw 
a documentary about the the queen and i was I was very impressed with her because it seemed like yeah. she was spending most of her time suffering fools lightly, you know, going mm-hmm. around the country uh, mm-hmm. for you know openings and ceremonies and uh you know trying to uh, show interest and uh, uh the poor lady had no power uh yeah. i mean yeah. might might have some moral suasion uh, occasionally but uh you know she was the only one in the uh, in the country who had to keep her mouth shut on anything important and uh well and it's too bad too because she absolutely had a bully pulpit i mean if she wanted to use that if any monarch I guess the king will be the same way now that uh, Charles is the king. He, he will follow the path of his mom. But what an enormous, you know, loudspeaker she had, could have had, right? But just well, never you used know, they're it. not supposed to. The royal family is not supposed to get involved yeah, in politics. Yeah. And uh, uh, Charles has uh, kind of violated that as Prince of Wales. He's gotten involved in environmental and other, and other causes. Yeah. In his first address the other day, he said he... Uh, he was going to stop that because that's the uh, that's the tradition. Uh, you know, Parliament runs things over there, and it it doesn't want the royal family, uh, you know, messing in uh, in, in policy. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, for people who who think that the you know the royal family is ripping off the country with you know its vast estates and uh, you know all of the money and income they have coming in and the crown jewels and everything, that's all under the control of Parliament. The, the royal family. Uh, uh, gets only what Parliament decides to uh, to give them, and yeah. uh, I think it's really mostly uh, it's mostly a matter of uh, tradition and tourism now for them. Uh, I don't really see anything wrong with it. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a thousand-year-old monarchy, and uh, it, it does hearken to the country's uh, traditions, many of which are are, are good. Um, some Republicans, small R Republicans over there, but. Uh, uh, they'd they they lose a lot of tourism yeah. if they well, didn't have important. the royal family. Sure, I've been it's over in, uh, in London. I don't know, maybe five times over the years. <laughs> I've, I, I'd say ninety percent of the people there are not uh, British, mm-hmm. and if you right. if you hear any English spoken on the streets, it's very unusual. Well, I think it was James Cameron who said uh, some years ago, former prime minister, that the uh, the, the multicultural experiment had failed. That they 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 talk so many you know would open borders in the EU before the Brexit thing um, that so many people from other countries came it, it really it's just kind of they lost their own culture to some degree with people coming in from all over the world I mean you still have the monarchy maybe that's why they cling so tightly to the monarchy because it's the last it's the last vestige of of, of truly of, of Britain's heritage and and in uh, their DNA. I, I, I'm not sure if, if that's the case, but you mentioned it. I mean, gosh, there's, there's, there are probably more non-British people living in London than British people at this point. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of workers from Eastern Europe uh, and a, a lot of tourists. I was walking down the street in Islington uh, one day when I was over there for for a conference. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I heard English from only two people. One was the, uh, uh, the check-in desk at the hotel, and, and the other was... Uh, a panhandler who recognized me as a you know a, a tourist rube, yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. everybody else was just speaking languages that yeah. uh, you know I couldn't uh, understand. But uh, hey, you know that, that's that's good that uh, you know Britain is a multicultural country now, and uh, you, you saw that in the uh, uh, reception lines uh, for yeah. uh, the, the new king. Uh, you know a lot of 
black and brown uh, faces there. And, you know, they, they should be as much of the, of the country as, uh, as anybody else. You know, the Commonwealth uh, is a very multiracial uh, thing. Is, yeah. So uh, yeah. I, 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 in that uh, sense, I think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's progress. I mean, it always has been. It always has been more than other places because just the nature of it. But, you know, I, I just, it's hard. It's hard if there's a, if you have a, a language in your country and the majority of people don't speak it. I mean, I just, it's kind of a difficult, uh, difficult thing. Hey, I'm not, I'm not blaming you for, for, for journalism, um, but it, it's your deal, right? So, so help me understand this. I, I get, you know, as you can imagine, I get tons of news sources. I get pop-ups on my phone. I, I go to about a dozen websites every day for news. I just get this one. It's called Money News. It's a, it's a service that comes on the app. And big headline, inflation drops to 8.3%. Well, why don't, why isn't the next headline, Dow Jones drops 730 points on news of inflation, right? It's like, I don't know, they're trying to prop up Biden. It's just like, we're not in a good place. I, I don't, it's like all this celebratory stuff, you, you, you know, you, it's like some of these things you read, it's like, are you on the same planet I'm on? Do you live in the same country? Uh, that's something to celebrate is that inflation dropped to 8.3% from 8.6. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, it's better than going up three tenths of a point. I get that. But what about everything else that is wrong that's happening? Well, the, you know, the news organizations, uh, accept unquestioningly the government's economic statistics. There's a guy named John Williams who runs an internet site uh, called shadowstats.com. For years he has been uh, calculating inflation according to uh, the protocols that were in effect 20 or so years ago. The federal government has been constantly changing its method of calculation of inflation every few years and doing it in a way to mislead people, to underestimate inflation, to you know remove products from the from the inflation list and 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 use other other products. The well, Williams calculates that the the real inflation rate in the United States is probably double what the reported yeah. inflation rate is. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I, I'm just disgusted that financial news organizations don't examine uh, this issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 the inflation is is way out of control in the United States and trying to uh, to, to see good news in, in, a, in, in the you know monthly rate might be a tenth of a uh, point uh, above or below you know the, the previous rates uh, previous months rate it's it's insane uh, you know the value of the money has been uh, declining uh, steadily for for decades mm-hmm. and uh, this is eroding whatever gains people are are making i mean people's wages are not going up uh, by uh, anything near what the inflation rate is uh all these programs they're they're giving us don't come close to compensating us for the uh devaluation of uh of of, of the currency and you know but news organizations uh they're just incapable of critical thinking here i don't know if it's because there's so many more people smoking pot recreationally now legally in the country but when you look at the polls, and they're been pretty consistent for the last few months, that 30% of the people think the country's on the right track, while 70 or better percent think we're on the wrong track. How is it that there's this even 30% of people that are just floating around thinking everything's great and wonderful and we're being liberated and, 
and and I don't know about most people, but I and I don't live in fear. I really don't because my faith is so strong. But I'm certainly trying to look at the signs of the times and and even last night I came out of the grocery store last night when I saw some unsettling bald spots on the shelves. I mentioned I couldn't buy hamburger. I I just have this uneasy feeling that you know things are going to get way worse before they get better. How how is it that we have this certain percentage of people that are are feeling that way, and then the other oh things are great, then we're on the right track, everything's wonderful, and you know I, I, how can we have such a divergence of of perception in the same country, Chris? Well, you know, certain people are uh, are doing better. Uh, I think the um... Uh, the the wealthy who've had uh, stocks and uh, uh, and real assets like uh, real estate uh, they're the, they're the great beneficiaries of uh, of inflation uh, and then you've got your government employees who are uh, uh, very numerous in the economy now and their uh, their their dependents and they're much better insulated against yeah, inflation than uh, sure. the ordinary people are their mm-hmm. their 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 wages go up faster their their benefits are almost totally insulated from the uh, degradation that everybody else is, is suffering through. So, you know, there is a, a very substantial uh, sector of the population that uh, that is doing better, but uh, it's it's not the majority. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to one of your stories here. I, I am so uh, intrigued by this. I, I was so uh, so happy, so thankful. We're talking with Chris Powell from the JI. Um, so happy when Project Veritas un, un, unveiled that video of the uh, – Cobb assistant principal, and, and again, I, I don't think he's an outlier. I think it, in terms of maybe not rank and file, but I think in terms of administration, he's probably the majority opinion, but I don't know that. But it's amazing that some of the people were more upset about the fact that they put in an undercover reporter. This guy let his guard down. We saw his true colors. We saw it really. But some people were more upset that there was an infiltration than they were about the fact that the guy said all this stuff and excluding, you know, Catholics and, and, and you know, conservatives and, and no, no less than our attorney general was, was indignant about it. I mean, what is he thinking about? Yeah, uh, Connecticut Attorney General William Tong uh, had his first comment about the uh, Greenwich uh, uh, scandal uh, uh, when he when he said he didn't like what he called vigilante journalism, and he said journalism <laughs> ought to be left to journalists. He, he does not understand <laughs> that uh, you know journalism is not a profession in the right. United States. Yeah. Journalism in the United States is a constitutional right mm-hmm. that everyone enjoys. Anyone in the United States can be a journalist at any time, and then go back to you know do something yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, Project Veritas uh, may be criticized for its. Uh, surreptitious uh, tactics, but, uh, you know, the government uses tactics uh, like uh, that as well in, in criminal prosecutions. They send people in wearing wires, uh, surreptitiously uh, tape-recording people. So, you know, Project Veritas uh, has done that uh, as well and has gotten some, you know, uh, pretty uh, amazing confessions out of people, as they did out of the mm-hmm. assistant pre- principal in, uh, in Greenwich. <clears throat> and really since that uh, uh, Video came out mm-hmm. of the Greenwich assistant principal. The Project Veritas has uh, released, I think, three other videos yeah. uh, where they were secretly recording educators, uh, gleefully admitting that they politicized their curriculum and, and uh, try to push their students into uh, left-wing uh, political causes. Uh, you know, this this indoctrination is 
is not an outlier in Greenwich. It is, it is happening right, right. Uh, throughout the uh, public education system uh, in, in the United States. It's, it's not an oddity. Um, and, and look, what would you expect? Most teachers in the United States are members of a far-left political organization. And I'm talking about the, the uh, National Education Association and the American Federation of Teachers. Those are both far-left political organizations, and most teachers in the United States are, are members of those organizations. So what would you expect? Do you, right, do you think, right. you know, would you expect that the, the, the schools would not be full of political indoctrination? Right. Imagine my shock, right? It's just, well, I mean, even that they had the uh, the administrator in the private school in Manhattan, uh, and 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 she was it was like a badge of honor. She said, "I we're not going to have a, a conservative here, not not on my watch." They recorded right, like I don't I, I don't know if parents don't know about this or they don't they don't care. I mean, maybe here in Connecticut they're approval of that. Maybe maybe they would prefer to have. You know, drag queens come and read in kindergarten, then they would have a conservative, you know, philosopher come and speak to their kids. I don't know. I mean, um, it's hard to it's hard to read people nowadays, Chris. I don't. Do you have that problem? I just can't. Well, yes, Sometimes well, I can't tell where people are coming from. Look, maybe forty percent of the kids in the public schools now don't really have parents at all, or at least they have only one parent in the household, and. You know, that parent is uh, trying to make a living uh, and really doesn't have, you know, a lot of time for uh, paying attention to what's, you know, going on in uh, in, in the public schools. Um, the uh, public schools are insinuating lots of things into curriculums mm-hmm. and not letting uh, the, the public know about it. I have two freedom of information complaints pending now against uh, school systems, one, one against uh, the Enfield school system, which uh, <laughs> whose superintendent refuses to explain how that uh, pizza sex assignment yeah, yeah. got into the eighth grade uh, middle school class uh, up there. Uh, another one against the uh, Hartford uh, school system, which refuses to uh, give me access to the personnel file of the, uh, the nurse who's been suspended uh, and apparently fired uh, for uh, revealing that uh, uh, the uh, school system was uh, is, is hiding the gender yeah, dysphoria yeah. of students from their yeah. own parents. In yeah. fact, uh, uh, to, to hide gender dysphoria of students from their own parents is formally policy now in the Hartford school system and the New Haven school system and, and possibly uh, other school systems. I mean, this is to to usurp the custody of parents over their own kids. But if if a kid in Hartford schools or New Haven schools uh, uh, tells a teacher or administrator that look, you know, I I don't like the uh, the gender I've been living as. I I want to change genders. I want to change my uh, my name. The schools will facilitate that and yeah. will not inform the parents of this uh, this mental health issue mm-hmm. uh, unless the uh, the student uh, himself or herself uh, uh, you know wants the parents informed i mean this mm-hmm. is this is formally policy in two huge school systems in Connecticut to conceal a medical problem from parents i don't think it should be formally policy i think it should be formally cr- criminal i i think school administrators should be arrested for withholding that kind of information from parents. 
I, I don't even see how that's that's not even that's that's incredible. It's incredulous. You can't even begin to justify that. The parents are more responsible, but I guess educators don't believe this. The parents are more responsible for the kids than they are, but the educators want to take all the control. I mean, I think there should be criminal charges filed. Well, um, you know, I, I wish this was going to become an issue in our our state uh, campaign this year, but it's it's really not uh, not yet uh, an issue. I mean, the Republican candidates for governor and lieutenant governor have put out a parental bill of rights, which is yeah. mostly very vague. It does mm-hmm. uh, argue that uh, transgender uh, athletes should not be uh, participating in yeah. uh, you know girls sports you know mm-hmm. which is you know which is good and fair and defends uh, the point of uh, title 9 but sure. they, they do not address uh, uh this concealment of uh children's gender uh, gender dysphoria from parents uh you know that uh, I mean, look this is this calls itself public education and what are yeah. they doing they're concealing the health right. problems of right. children from parents that's, that's the big problem with public it, education in many respects it's not public at all you no. cannot get the uh, per, the performance evaluation of teachers uh, in in your school system or any other school system, because alone of all performance evaluations of government employees in Connecticut, teachers have an exemption. That's not public education. No, not that's private education. It shouldn't be called public education. It should be called clandestine education. Uh, Chris, on that note, I'm going to let you go. As always, we could go on about this, but we'll have to wait till next week. <laughs> Thanks a lot, I'll be Chris. here, and I'm Chris. grateful to you, Will. Chris Powell, Journal Inquirer. Thanks so much. All right. Uh, hey, listen, we're going to take a break. Good news. I, I always told you Bridgeport founded uh, d- d- uh, voter fraud, Democrats in Bridgeport. I'm telling maybe Stanford knows something they don't. We're going to talk about this case of the, uh, the Democrat leader in Stanford being found guilty for a fraudulent ballot case. And we're going to have the uh, current Connecticut chairman of the Republican Party here, uh, Ben Proto is going to be our guest at 1036. I mean, listen, if it happened in Stanford, it could happen anywhere, and it probably is. We'll be right back. This Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This is Local Radio, the Will Marotti Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. All right, welcome back, uh, 1042. I, 
you know, the, the fact that voter fraud exists should not even be questioned. It's, it's as old as politics. The fact that the Democrats are more skilled at it than Republicans is not a matter of debate. And I jokingly have said for years that, that I thought voter fraud was invented in Bridgeport. But after reading this case, I, I really wonder, right? So this just came down. Supreme, uh, Superior Court judge on Monday found former Democrat Party chief guilty of 28 Class D felonies that he face is, faces in a ballot fraud case, the long-delayed case in which John Malozzi was charged with forging absentee ballots in the 2015 is far from over. He's going to be sentenced on November 14th. Um, this is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. 28 counts forging absentee ballots. Do you think this isn't happening all over the country? Are you that naive that you can't imagine that this is what we're dealing with everywhere? Um, this started an FBI investigation, prompted an FBI into the town's clerk office. Judge Kevin Randolph informed witnesses that they could incriminate themselves by testifying. As a result, only one of Seeger's witnesses appeared on the stand. Malozzi did not have the opportunity. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. Um, did not have the opportunity to con- confront those who testified against him. I mean, you know what? People make mistakes. I, I get it. <laughs> I do. People make mistakes. But but forging absentee ballots? <sighs> Randolph said in his statement, by the defendant's own hand, 26 people could have had their civil right to vote extinguished. According to the trial record, 26 fraudulent absentee ballots were submitted to the town clerk's office in a, in a scheme involving Malozzi and former, even worse, Republican town clerk. I mean, this is hard. I mean, I, this I'm saying, do, do you not see why every time you add a layer, and this is my big problem with this ranked choice voting nonsense. Every time you add a layer of complexity, it opens up an additional passageway for the entrance of fraud. So we're going to have early voting. People are going to vote months before the election. We're going to have... Uh, mail-in balloting, which we know there was fraudulent mail-in ballots being stuffed in boxes. We know that. We've got documentaries that show us that. This unrequested absentee ballots, another opportunity for fraud. And this ranked choice system where you're not, you're not going to get, not everybody gets one vote, they get multiple votes. There, there is no reason in this country why we don't have a single election day in November. The polls open from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. And you need to show up. If you want to vote, you need to show up. Now, if, you're, if you can't make that, you know you're going to be out of the country. You're going to be in 
in uh, Bora Bora for vacation, okay, fine, you get an absentee ballot. If you're in the hospital or you've got a procedure scheduled, you know you can't make it, you get an absentee ballot. No one's saying that you shouldn't be allowed to do that. But every time you add another layer of complexity to the election system, it's ripe for fraud. And this is a case where now he's forging absentee ballots. I I don't know. I don't know what to say. This is this is um Is that what we've gotten down to? It's a it's a zero sum game. It doesn't matter what we do as long as we win. Is that is that what we've we've come to as a country? Now, I sure would like to know. I didn't realize this. I'd like to know this is the the uh, the city's democrat party chief that has gone through and i take no pleasure in this by the way i take no pleasure in the in the downfall of another person or in the legal struggles of another person i take no pleasure in hunter biden being so screwed up individually that he's on crack and he's got prostitutes in his room i take no pleasure about that at all i take great umbrage with the fact that it's being hidden that the FBI apparently silenced it, that journalists silenced it. I take great offense at that because, as the poll showed a few weeks ago, 70-what percent of the people said their vote would have changed had they known that information up front. Their vote would have changed if they knew how bad it was. So I, I I take great exception with that. We're waiting for him, and perhaps he's on a case and he can't break free. We're waiting for Ben Proto to call in. Maybe we'll get him tomorrow. I know it's all uh, it's all caller Wednesday, but maybe we uh, we can go another another uh, another ray there. I'm not sure. Um, let's see. Um, I mean, and of course, you'd expect you'd you'd expect Republicans to decry this. You'd say you'd expect Republicans to come out and say this is just right. But where's the Democrats? Where are the Democrats coming out on this and and talking about what a horrible thing this is? I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm assuming I see something here. Let me just make sure I'm reading this correctly. This came from my crack research. Okay, good. Well, good. Better late than never. Nancy DiNardo, uh, state Democrat chair, uh, says that the system does identify wrongdoing. Well, maybe maybe once in a while this guy gets caught. We don't know why. Um, but joining us on the hotline, we'll just have him for a few minutes, is the current Republican state chairman, Ben Proto. Ben, thanks for calling in. I figured you had a busy legal day. Um, uh. Good morning. What do you what do you what do you think about? We only got a few minutes, Ben. What do you think about this this case in Stanford? I mean, I, I think this is just just a window into a larger problem that a lot of people, particularly Democrats, would prefer people not look behind the curtain. Um, look, I, I, I think it um, it's clearly an issue that uh, we need to deal with, and the legislature needs to deal with. Uh, and there's a simple solution to it, and that's adopting signature, signature verification um, for uh, absentee ballots uh, to be voted. And, and look, we're going to have on the ballot this year 
a constitutional amendment to allow for early voting, um, I would venture to guess that will probably pass. Yeah. Uh, and then the legislature will create the structure and the framework for that early voting activity, which is different than absentee ballot voting. Sure. Um, and so I think the appropriate safeguards have to be put in place. Um, and look, we're going to have a new secretary of the state, uh, in January. It's either going to be Dominic Rapini or Stephanie Thomas. Um, I think both of them are going to take a very different approach to that office than Denise Merrill has. Uh, you know, Dominic, uh, is, you know, a technology guy. He works for Apple. Uh, he understands how to utilize technology to create systems. And yeah. utilize these systems. So, at the end of the day, I, I think there's solutions to the problems. The question is whether the legislature, in particular, the Democrats in the legislature, are willing to look at and approve those solutions. Well, I mean, you know, in in, in, in some case, you know, I, I feel like I'm crying over, you know, spilt milk, whatever the expression is, because the the horse is out of the corral. You know, I, I just feel like every time you you add a layer of complexity to the voting system. It opens up a pathway for fraud. And so, you know, early voting. Well, on face value, maybe not fraudulent, but early voting. You know, you know, two months is a lifetime in politics, right, Ben? And, and so what if something comes out at the last minute that would, Hunter Biden laptop, Hillary Clinton email scandal, that would change a voter's mind, right? Well, the vote's already cast. It's too late. You already voted for it. It doesn't matter. You can't change it now. You can't take it back. That's why I'm against early voting. I'm against this this, this mass, you know, no reason to request an absentee ballot. I think it adds, again, it opens a pathway up. The, the mail-in ballots. I'm completely against mail-in ballots. And we know this, there's fraud. We've got documentaries that are showing mail-in ballot boxes being stuffed so why can't you know i wish somehow we could just go back to we vote on one day we you have to have identification to vote there's no way you can't you have to have signature verification if you do have an absentee ballot which i have no problem with why why what somebody needs to, to talk about getting elections back to at least a somewhat monitorable fair and honest system don't can't we do that I think you can have that conversation, but I, I think, as you said, that horse is kind of out of the barn. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got roughly um, 37 or so states that have early voting, uh, uh, early voting opportunity. Excuse me, early voting opportunities in their state. Uh, quite frankly, if you look at some of the states with early voting and states that adopted early voting, it worked out better for Republicans than it did for Democrats. Um, on the early voting side. Um, so I think that, you know, that horse is out of the barn. Yeah. Uh, we're going to see early voting. If if I had to guess as to how they're going to do this, and, I, I, and again, this might be just too much, make too much sense, you'll probably see it the, the second week before the election because there's going to be a requirement that it goes over one weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and... They, I don't see them doing it the weekend before the election. That would not give no, the time. registrars yeah. time to right. be able no, to time. put everything together they need for Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So I would suspect that it will probably be that two weeks before in a, in a time frame in there for early voting. The, the, the more interesting question for early voting is, how is all this going to get paid for? Because obviously you now need to have a polling location <laughs> in each town. You need to have poll workers during those periods of time. Uh, there's a cost to that. 
So, and then, you know, the other side of it, you know, Will, is our tabulators that we use, which I really like. They're not connected to the Internet. Yes. There's a paper yes. system to it. There's a paper yes. result to it. Um, are about five years past their useful life. Um, the next Secretary of State is going to be responsible for bringing on board new voting machines. Um, I think both of them at a, at a conference that I was at with both of them indicated that they both want a paper system, um, which is good. I'm mm-hmm. glad to hear that because uh, uh, that makes for a, a, a more secure system sure. when we sure. have There's a paper a trail. system. Mm-hmm. Obviously, right. a trail, the paper trail, that's a sure. better way to do it. So I think there's a lot of things we need to look at over this next legislative session um, as to how we can improve our elections, how we can make it easier for people to cast their vote and and exercise their most fundamental right while ensuring the protection and the integrity of the election. You know, I hear people say that, Ben, and I I don't mean to be difficult, but maybe I, I, I hear people say make it more easy. Listen, for crying out loud, we have, for 100, 200 years, we've had a, a, we vote in November on Tuesday. The polls open at 6. They close at 8. What is so hard? What is so onerous about that? I mean, we have an absentee system that works. I don't see why we've got to open up all these, these portals. You know, if, if I could get rid of mail-in balloting and no-excuse absentee balloting, I'd be happy. Not a word out of me. All right, I'll go to the early voting two weeks, makes it easier, for whatever, and absentees when necessary. But all this other stuff, I just like, please, how, how can we be sure that this stuff is being done correctly when you got this guy how, forging absentee how, ballots? How were we sure before? Hmm? How were we sure before? Well, less, more sure. I don't think we're ever a hundred percent sure, but more well, sure than our, that people are stuffing system, well, b- ballot boxes. Our, our system hasn't changed in a hundred years. Well, when you've got the mass mass number of mail-in ballots now, we well, didn't have that a hundred years year. ago. That, well, that was one year in twenty twenty. Yeah, they're and, not and, doing that again. They're not doing that again in twenty twenty two. But there's a lot, you know, Denise Merrill was in favor of it. It didn't happen. You know, a lot of states around the country are still pushing for it. And de- Democrats are incrementalists. They don't, they don't go for the whole pie. They, t- they bite around the edges. It may not be half 22, but you can see it down the road somewhere. We're going to try to introduce it again. So I just, I just feel like we've got we've to, we really need to stand up strongly about it and resist some of the things that I just don't think are necessary in the voting system. But. Yeah. And look, there are, there are things I think I agree with you that are not necessary. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the, the thing that we need to do is we just need to instill confidence in the system and that people are confident that when they cast their vote, it is being cast the way they want it. Yeah. Um, yeah I think that's and, all anybody wants. And, and, right. And, and uh, you know, I, I have no issue with, with making it as easy as possible for a person to cast that vote. Um, and you know, and and make the, the systems as accessible to voters as possible, but at the same time ensuring the integrity of that voter's vote. That whoever they're voting for, I don't care who yeah. you're voting for. Yeah. That you, you, look, if you want to vote for the Communist Party, everybody, God bless you. That yeah, absolutely, right I agree. I completely agree with what you're saying. And that should all be counted to that to that line. Or those, I totally yeah. agree. And you need, it- right. Um, and so that's 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 my concern, both as a, the party chairman, but more importantly, as a voter, that I want to know that the voting system 
and the election system is secure and that I can be assured that my vote is being counted the way I cast it. Amen. Hey, one last thing, and, and thanks for joining us. I know I know it's late, yeah. but thanks for joining us. Listen, uh, this, this uh, the guy in, in, in Stanford could be five years, up to 140. How much you want to bet he gets 90 days and no fine? Um, well, I think it's going to be, well, first of all, I, I think you're going to see a very long appeal period on him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've said that if once we get to that point that to send the message that needs to be sent that this is not going to be tolerated the the penalty has to be substantial um and look you've got the republican town clerk in stanford who's subject an investigation and and quite frankly i think you know she should be brought up on charges as well yeah if she's been involved in this if she was helping him do this she should be brought up on charges she should she should stand before the court yeah and have that case heard. It's, and, and it's heartbreaking that it's a Republican. But yeah, I, I agree. Ben, i got to let you go. Thanks again. Ben Proto, the uh, Connecticut uh, GOP chairman, thank you so much for, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Take care, Well, Thanks for having me. Okay. All right, w- real quick, last third of the amen list. Mark M., Rudy, William M., Patrick C., Sarah F., James P., Angelo A., uh, Joanne B., Stephen C., uh, Norma L., uh, Stephen G., Melissa G., Pat A., Mark, Mark P., Simon L., Andrea L, Lane P, Rose B, Philip M, Marianne L, Linda from Florida, Dor, Lisa T, Winda A, Virginia A, 73 total amens today. Not a record. Great, guys. Thanks, Matt. Awesome job today. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.